If you guys haven't heard of Gold Boy's wholesale and distribution yet, you're in for a treat. Gold Boy's wholesale and distribution is all about innovative, top-quality products from their own clothing line to brands such as Cookies and Supreme. They have delicious CBD drinks, lip balms, bath scrubs, vape pens, gummies, you name it. They also carry their own Denver-made line of CBD products as well as Quanta Muscle Rub, Rehab X, and many more. Visit them starting November 29th, so not too much time left, for their grand opening from 4 p.m. with amazing Black Friday deals, good music, and delicious food. Or check them out online today and have products shipped straight to your door. Welcome to the DNVR Draft Podcast, presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this awesome deal for you, our loyal listeners. This is CBD-infused coffee, and it not only tastes incredible. You're killing this, bro. You're killing it. <laughs> Maybe in the old school, killing it sense. Ugh, I love it. DNVR20, that's the code. Booyah. It's amazing coffee. They support us. You support us. Let's uh, support Actually, Strava together. If you were sitting right here with us right now, listener, you could smell the Strava Craft coffee brewing in the DNVR office, and it smells great. You could feel it pulsing through our veins. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump into the show. Special guest. Does Vita I, Mobile IV do that for you? Will they put coffee right in? Woo. That's a... Uh, that reminds me of an old, not to go all maze on you, but an old uh, Simpsons sketch <laughs> where uh, the town drunk <laughs> goes sober for a little while and then just goes back into Moe's and it's like, inject it straight into my veins. Um, You're really making me feel at home here with the uh, Simpsons <laughs> reference. Yeah, I'm trying my best, right? Um, yeah, well, I buried the lead here because uh, we have our special guest. You Broncos listeners know his voice quite well, but... I, I, I basically forced him onto the draft pod. Ryan Konigsberg here with us. Thank you so much. Was it's, that a hard berg? Did I mispronounce your name already? No, no, no. Oh, no. good. Uh, the draft pod took on a different um, meaning here. I got drafted, like, against you my did. will to be on this podcast. No, I, I'm ha- I've always wanted to be on the draft podcast. Well, we, we always wanted to have you on. It, I would say it was more of a recruiting where payment was established then you had second thoughts and we were like oh we're gonna drag your name through the mud and uh get you into some ncaa trouble if you don't come on like it, <laughs> it was really i used some italian ways to get you on here so anyways that is a pleasure um and i'm sure it's even more so a pleasure for our broncos and buffs listeners we should remind you nope we're not gonna remind you of that there you go boom <laughs> <laughs> All right, I feel right. unreminded. Free, free flowing. Um, yeah, Ryan, we've uh, we've got lots of things to talk about. There's no podcast that is more suited to your skills than this one, I think. Uh, sounds amazing. I almost don't know where to start, but on the day that it seems Drew Locke, we're recording this on a Wednesday, you'll hear it on a Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone, by the way. Where Drew Locke seems like the starter... And that I am thankful for. Yeah, no kidding. At the same time, I wonder if five games is enough to evaluate him. And if Tua Tagovailoa is there and Greek and the medical staff clear him, but he still drops to the Broncos at five, do you pull the trigger on the Alabama lefty? 
or do you stick with our guy Drew, who we've been high on since at least we saw him in Mobile, Alabama? All right, so let's backtrack a little bit here Please. to what you said about sample size. You are a a data guy, yeah. and for someone like you, you need a lot of data points to be able to find a trend. That's right. For me, it's easier. Okay. Uh, I'm an eye test guy. Yeah. And I think over the course of five games, we will know whether or whether or not Drew Locke passes the eye test. Mm. And the answer to your second question has everything to do with the answer to the first. Now, there's a good chance here, and no one wants to think about it right now, but there's a good chance here that Drew's going to fall somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Where he doesn't blow us away, and he doesn't you know, make us want to gouge our eyes out a la many other people who have gone under center for the Broncos <laughs> recently. Right. That's right. That's where it gets dicey. And yeah. and to, to for the sake of conversation, I think that's where we have to operate because that's I think he's going to go two and three or three and two. Forget the record. I don't even care about the right. uh, But let's just say like two. Well, let's just say he's either going to have two good games and three not so good games or three good games and two not so good games. Okay. Okay. I, I see it from that standpoint. Yeah. And that puts us in such a weird position. I know. And it puts the Broncos in such a weird position. Yes. Um, but I always come back to the same thing, which is until you have the answer, you don't have the answer. Yeah. And unless you know, and it's going to be hard for us to know. Yes. But I think there's a, there is a, an off chance out there that Drew Locke just goes out there and we're like, yep, that's what it looks like. That's what it's supposed to look like. He's the guy. If you don't come away feeling that way, which I feel like that's like a 15% chance at most we see that. Really? Then I think that you – it's not – It's ex- pretty confident. Yes. Wow. I, I, I think there's a chance. Um, I, it, I'm playing a little bit of the like – you know when you're in Vegas and <laughs> you're just like, I, the next hand, I have to win. Like I have to, I got go to the, go to the ATM and get somewhere. I have to win the next hand. There's a little bit of that in me where I'm like, okay. the Broncos got to get lucky on one of these, yeah, don't they? Yeah, then I think about like the Vikings or Browns and they yeah. have the, like the Bears. Quite- My wife's team hasn't had a good quarterback in like – Jay Cutler. Her parents' <laughs> lifetime. Right. Yeah, Jay Cutler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mitch, no, not Mitch. Yeah, not Mitch no. You really can miss on like 100 in a row. It's possible. Right. Um, right. Which That's... a lot of people don't realize when they're critiquing John Elway. A lot so of people hard. in Denver don't realize because we've been spoiled with like two of the five greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. what's the longest drought Denver's had without like a very good quarterback? Are we in it? Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> might be in it. Truly, yeah. Um, so, I think that there's part of me that's just being like, it's got to hit, right? Yeah. But it doesn't have to hit, <laughs> right? Uh, and to answer your main overarching question, if Tua, if it's Tua, Dude, Tua, and he's there, I think you got to do it. I do too. Um, it creates a lot of issues and it brings up a lot of questions and all sorts of different things. Uh, but I don't think you can just sit there with Drew Locke. We'll, we'll call him like, you know, somewhere neutral. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you can like, you can go to bed at night and just say like, yeah, we pass on to We'll get, we'll get the next one. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. The, the the opportunity cost of passing on a guy like Tua might just be too much and you i mean we've already seen like look, you the ones that you don't take 
can sometimes hurt you more than the ones that you do 100%. take. 100%. And that's what's happening in this Josh Allen week, right? And, and it's a really interesting conversation. I love yeah. the conversation because there's no yeah. um, there's no unequivocal answer. Like, everyone's jumping all over Zach for saying he would you know, prefer Josh Allen over Bradley Chubb. The only reason they're doing that is because Bradley Chubb is a Bronco. You know, right, like right, right, right. no one truly feels that passionate yeah. over the over this answer because it's it's just there's a lot of layers to it. Mm-hmm. But the one that no one can argue is Lamar Jackson, and he wasn't ever really an option for the Broncos. Right. So I actually went back. This is good. This is perfect for the draft pod. Yeah, I went back yesterday and listened to just exactly what John Elway said about Lamar Jackson. Oh boy, um, and it, it's not bad. Uh, but there's one little key part to it. He was asked. Zach actually asked him at the combine, what do you think of players moving positions? It was kind of like a vague, mm-hmm. would you draft a guy just to move him in position? Yeah. He said, no, if I draft a guy, I want to put him at that position. And then the natural follow-up was, so is Lamar Jackson a quarterback? And John fo- John shot back with, has anyone ever been successful going from quarterback to wide receiver? And there was like a quick back and forth of like, Antoine Randall-L, um, oh, Cordell yeah. Stewart, right, right, right. Um, uh, Julian Edelman. Yeah. So there's like he's Tebow. like Tebow. Oh wait. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, oh, okay. So yeah, there's a few. I mean, no. And and what his last sentence was, um, if he's going to succeed, it's going to be at quarterback in the right situation. And it's kind of self-aware. The Broncos were not the right situation. Yeah. Period. End of story. And. I know that it's very like it's very easy to look at Lamar Jackson and just say like I want that put mm-hmm. him over here but the Broncos weren't if you do it you got to commit yep. 100% and the the Broncos were never going to do that so yep. and that's kind of at the core of the greater problem here is we're stuck in we're stuck in the old Shanahan offense and it's a problem that all these Shanahan disciples are having I mean I think Kyle Shanahan had they drafted a quarterback instead of Solomon Thomas, maybe they take Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, <sighs> right? Like, their window is unlimited forever. Yeah. McVay wouldn't be stuck but with Mahomes, Goff. But, the, but the, that brings back the same question. Is Mahomes as successful in that system? No. Well, and that's... Not even close. In a sense, these West Coast Bill Walsh disciples have branched off. And the Andy Reid tree has said, hey, we got to be progressive. We got to advance. We got to adapt. We got to do more of this college stuff. And guys like Mahomes are having success. Watson is the one that I think they truly miss. And I always talk about this, that Deshaun Watson was the easiest quarterback evaluation I've ever done. It was like, he's really good. He performs the best against the best teams. Um, He has no red flags. Yeah. Take him. Um, That's the one where you're like, man. Don't get too cute. And and he, I think he actually does succeed. He's a fit for the scheme. Absolutely. Uh, so that that's the one they really missed. But again, like the, the Kyle Shanahan offense right now is a, is an interesting case study because it's not needing a great quarterback, but a, a good quarterback, and that's all it's really needing. It's because they are running the ball extremely well. Mm-hmm. They're playing extremely great defense. It's yeah. it's you know the it's the formula for this yeah. offense completely to me and, and i don't want to get too much Ravens into the scheme too. i don't want to get too too deep into scheme here but it's like to me that is the biggest problem with what the broncos are doing john elway i just i feel like he forgets how hard it was for him it's not like it was just easy for john elway no. ever no uh until really 98 
Yeah. Is when it became easy for right. him. But it's like you needed a Hall of Fame running back, a Hall of Fame tight end, uh, an offense full of fringe Hall of Famer, or right. an offensive line full of fringe Hall of Famers, right. and a an spectacular receivers. defense. Right. Steve Atwater on the other, you know, right. the guys that were on the other side. It's Maybe like, the best play caller of its era too. Like, I mean, right? It's like you really? didn't. It, this, yeah. This wasn't a scheme. You didn't win the Super Bowl because of your scheme. Right. You won because of how good the players were. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with this scheme. You put you use this scheme with fantastic players. It is an, a machine. Yeah. Without it, well, we're looking at it. Right. Yep. And it's not pretty. Yeah. So, and that's and and to to tie this back around to Tua. Is Tua a scheme fit? Enough of a scheme fit, I see, think. See, I think, like, it's you the same thing. You gotta get those rollouts going left instead of right. That's the biggest. Hey, like, all of a sudden, uh, uh, Garrett Bowles doesn't protect the blind side. <laughs> Beautiful. Let's hope he's not protecting anything next year. Yeah, no um, I, I said this about Joe Burrow, and I'll say the same thing about Tua. I didn't talk about Tua back then because the Tua flipped. When I wrote that story, Tua was the number one pick, and Burrow was the up-and-comer. Mm-hmm. Now it's... Burrow's probably going to be the number one pick, and Tua is sliding. Um, if I'm Tua, like, I would run away from the Broncos. Yeah. I would say, don't you dare put me in that scheme. I, I need to go to a spread where I can use my skill of being able to see what's in front of me, diagnosing defense, mm-hmm. and finding open receivers. Like, that's what he does so well. Right. I don't, I don't think it's like – I don't know. It's not about fairness, but I don't know if it's fair to him to all of a sudden ask him to do all this stuff that yeah. – but that's my take on all the quarterbacks, and that's what I... Well, and then the lingo gets into it, and that's the other head-scratching part of why can't we simplify this stuff and just adapt? Yeah. Like, why are we making it harder for elite talents to succeed in our system? Our system's inherently flawed if that's what we predicate. Right. It's what I said uh, uh, you know, a while back that was made into a, a podcast teaser, which is like, if, if your scheme doesn't work for great players, your scheme kind of sucks. Yep. Um, and, and then you go back to the Josh Allen conversation. We talk about how few players come out of pro-style offenses. If there was anyone, yeah. it was Josh Allen. I know. He was like, I I think Elway was just gun-shy on that one. And I, I think I, I wrote this exact piece coming into that draft was, is the stink of Paxton Lynch too strong on Josh Allen to, to pull the trigger? And we were skeptical he was coming off a really bad last season at Wyoming. He, he looked inconsistent at the Senior Bowl, which was, I mean, his biggest concern. It was just like and, – And, again – It didn't I, add up. But, I'm yeah. I'm not on at the Allen train by no, any means no, no. at this point. I think he's, a, he's a, a double. We were talking about this in the Broncos media room the other day. Uh, Nikki was like, doesn't it feel like every other team knows how to hit a double at quarterback and the Broncos can't even get – you know, hit a pitch? And I was like, I think that's actually better. Just swing for the fence. It's right. not It's not great right. to hit a double. No, it's not. You hit a double and you're stuck with Andy Dalton for 10 years. You know? Well, look at like that golf class, which would be my example for why you don't you don't get too excited off good rookie performances and you don't get too low because everyone thought golf was a bust after the first year. Everyone thought Dak was the truth. And whence it was like, oh, we'll see. Then fast forward to year two. Dak's a, a bum. Wentz is the MVP. Goff, it's like, oh, man, Goff's great. And then year three, Goff is amazing. Wentz is like, I still see a lot of promise. Dak, it's like, he's definitely a bum. 
and now year four, I don't know what to make. Like the, the power rankings of those three have just gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. That's a really, that's really interesting. And it goes into something I've been thinking lately, which is like, you can't even take a full year yeah. uh, anymore and like make draw conclusions from it. Like it oh. used to be like, you can't draw conclusions from one week of football. Uh-huh. Now it's like, geez, you can't even draw conclusions from a whole season. Right. Like, and those, those guys are perfect examples. Like you would have thought, okay, Goff. McVeigh, you know, he's always going to have McVeigh right. on his side. Right. Like, he'll be fine. Yeah. You would have thought that he was always just going to be solid. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he's trash. Yeah. No, it's crazy. That's weird. It's crazy. But the, fi- uh, the final answer there, I think uh, you come back to, and it's just yes. If you have an opportunity to take Tua, Drew Locke didn't blow your mind. It's just a risk you got to take. Right. No, I agree. And maybe that's maybe getting Tua, you know and drafting him at five or seven overall and seeing him struggle in this offense would be enough for them to say like yeah hey all right instead of keeping trying to guess which guy's going to possibly fit in this offense that they've never run right why don't we just start running the offense that they're all running right just adapt a little bit let me ask you this if you drafted Tua, would you then try to trade drew lock or would you let him battle it out I'd let him battle it out. I might even let Drew start the first eight games and like because re- that's the the beauty and the curse of Tua is with this injury he might not be ready as a rookie anyway. So who else do you then start you have at this quarterback? Buffer time, yeah. Where you play Drew Lock. What if Drew Lock then he does blow you away? Perfect. And then Tua is just a trade chip. Exactly. You have your quarterback. Yes. That's another. It could that's be a nice very wrinkle. like Breeze Rivers esque, you know, where it's like, just don't blow it. Yeah, although Drew is a f- feisty little competitor, mm-hmm. he would not be happy. I'll tell you that. Let's say he good. looks right, but let's right. say he looks like good. Yeah, not great. Yeah, and then they they bring into a he ooh, that would not go over well. Not yeah, not in like the tough. sense of like him pouting about it. Sure, you know, but he he I could just I can like see the. There might be some tension in that QB. Yeah, room. like I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's gonna like you know put his like take into it with right, open arms. Right. Like, hey, this is a, a hard learned lesson I had my rookie year. Let me give you some tips. Yeah, no. yeah, I don't think. But the I like of that drafting a guy fifth overall like Tua. I think it it would buy us a long enough leash to not. That's the other thing. Like this town is a meat grinder for quarterbacks. Because again. We've been spoiled with two of the five greatest NFL quarterbacks of all time. So when a guy can't beat out Trevor Simeon in a quarterback competition, he's dead. He's dead. Right. Like it's just really hard to succeed. Or when a guy, because of injuries, hasn't been activated till week like 10, we're like, well, is it really just because he's a bust? It is crazy how fast these things change, though, because if Drew Locke starts this week and he goes out there and goes, I'm going to go as low as I think he can go. He goes um, 12 for 20. Okay. The for, Brandon Allen special. Yeah, okay. So he just – I want to make it worse. He goes 10 for 19 mm-hmm. uh, for 175, mm-hmm. one touchdown, zero interceptions, and the Broncos win. Okay. Everyone's like, that's better than anything we've seen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're so he hit, quick he also, to draw conclusions. He, he also hits like a deep post to Sutton – and you know one other really nice throw and people are like okay all right we're like you know it's not like they're not people aren't grading on the peyton manning scale anymore right they're like okay uh that looked better than brandon allen that's a good thing it also looked better than like 
Joe Flacco and Case Keenum, we're good. Well, what you just described is basically what Josh Allen did against the Broncos. Yes. And in Denver, we're like, oh, man, we should have done that. And that's exactly what you'd expect from Josh Allen is, I, I mean, the thing about Brandon Allen last week was it was very Simeon, towards the end of the Simeon Keenum era, or even Tebow-esque in where it was like, oh, we have third and over eight. No there chance. is no chance, right? We might as well punt it. On that third down. sucks to watch, man. Oh, it's terrible. It's so hard to watch. It's not a recipe to win in the modern NFL. I can tell you that much. No, and <laughs> I just I can see Drew. I, all right, well, if Drew Locke plays, what do you think his, his line looks like? I've been starved from the Broncos podcast. Uh, I'm turning this I into that. I think I think you're not too far off what I would predict. That wasn't my prediction, by the way. That was just right, my... Right, right. Your, like, low-case scenario. If it's this bad, it's still going to look good. Right, your low-case to still get excited scenario yes. is what that was. I think, yeah, I think he'll be right around the high 50 percentile to low 60s. And I think he'll be flirting with 180 to 220 passing yards. And, yeah one to two touchdowns max and like give or take a pick yeah i was thinking like 20 of 30 um for yeah. like 225 two touchdowns and a pick i mean it depends on that like feels how good. he looks but yeah good. on paper that feels good yeah like yes. we're coming back like the post game podcast we're like let's not jump the gun here but that was pretty dope. <laughs> right, right. Like, damn, three expectations. Yeah. No, same question, but for Burrow or Herbert, Burrow's not dropping. So a quick yes or no will suffice. Would you take him? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But uh, It's mm. all depend. I know there's that asterisk on depending on what Drew does the last No, the asterisk is like, why would you take right. this guy who wasn't good in a pro-style offense, what turned into an amazing quarterback in the spread, and then put him back into – quarterback hell i know that's why i have a hard time even being optimistic about drew because not only the system he's playing with just like terrible offensive tackles wide receivers who have like all but the top two have no business even being in the nfl it's just terrible the one thing that kind of uh has me feeling optimistic is like i think drew lock would relish the fact that they were putting eight men in the box like, I don't know if you dare Drew Locke. Like, like they're going to want to. They're going to say, we're going to dare you to throw. And I think he's going to say, okay, and be all over it. Oh, man. I hope he's accurate. I hope he just stays within himself and his mechanics are consistent. Because if his mechanics are consistent, he'll be accurate and he will carve them up if, if that's what happens. I just hope he, he makes. He can't get too high. I know. You know? See, he's going to. I know. He gets amped. He's going to sling it. I, I I'm excited to see. I, I I hope we see it. I mean, we don't even know that for a fact. It seemed it would be messed up to give him 75% of the snaps during the week and then be like, eh, Brandon, go ahead. <laughs> Brandon Allen's like, what? <laughs> It'd be you most, guys didn't even tell me the game plan. <laughs> It'd be most messed up for Brandon Yeah, Allen. that's what I mean. Like, He's like, yo, <laughs> what? Throw him to the wolves. <laughs> like, did we actually have you on the roster because we didn't draft you, so, like, we have no concerns over you hurting right, our rep. Right. Like, <laughs> He's like, I'm not prepared. They're like, eh. <laughs> You're seems, literally our sacrificial lamb. Seems like, like a you problem, Brandon. Here. Good luck. With Herbert, who's coming off that terrible arizona arizona state loss what a weird case know, with herbert i know um i was strong anti-herbert uh -huh. before this season uh -huh. 
Then I watched him play some games, and I was like, okay, yeah. all right, I like it. Yeah. Then there was that performance last week, <laughs> and then it it also coincided with me hearing a little uh, a little a little chirping that there's some personality concerns from NFL Softness? scouts. No, um, I guess for lack of a better term, uh, douchebaggery. Ah, which actually. For how I perceive him, that's almost encouraging for me. I can see that because uh-huh. he has the baby face. Like if you would have seen it that, just seems soft to me. Yeah, we would have like we would have liked it if Josh Allen had a little bit of that to him. That yeah. was my biggest yes. anti yes, thing yes, about yes. him. And I'm like, right. this guy he's just like a little he's like a baby with a big arm. Yeah, it's true. Herbert- Mason Rudolph had some of that where it was like, eh, what a jerk, but. Actually, I appreciate that in the scrum, he made sure I knew that question had been asked already. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I respect that. Uh, Herbert, yeah, I don't, I just can't get behind it. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't, no, like, same. psych myself up for Herbert. Mm-hmm. What really gets me in this Arizona State game is the latest case. They've set it up to where he is just the closer. They're a run-first offense mm-hmm. with an amazing defense. You just need to close out games. He cannot. The biggest wins and losses of his career, uh, he has not been able to close it out, and they've like either luckily won in overtime or they've lost to Arizona State and Auburn. You can't lose. You just you can't lose to Arizona State when the college football playoff is on the line. How crazy is it that the Buffs beat the Sun Devils and got smoked by the Ducks? Mm-hmm. I mean, like smoked, killed. Never had a chance. Actually, and not yet, really true. Arizona State is able to pull that off. I mean, first of all, Jaden Daniels is yeah. very up and down. Yeah. I, I like him. Yeah. Um, like the, the Buffs have might be starting a true freshman quarterback next year, and uh, Brennan Lewis. If he looked like that, I would be so ecstatic. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> um, like I, I, four years of Jaden Daniels isn't going to be fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just I can't do it with Herbert. I just every time he I he does something that I'm like, oh, I might have to give him a little mm-hmm. credit. He does something else and I'm like, nope, that's exactly yeah. what I thought he would do. Yeah, he's the abusive boyfriend. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um he yeah, he just not it. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's it. Yeah. But again, read completely. Goes to the right place. He has a chance. Yeah, and I know some people think he might be a better fit than I give him credit for. That offense, his people, anyone talking about Herbert's completion percentage doesn't watch enough Oregon. Like, I swear 30% of their passes, and that's probably a conservative estimate, are just like lateral throws on screens. Mm -hmm. They're just padding his stats. Yeah. And again, they don't – shouldn't that tell you everything you need to know, what you said about the closer? Yes. I I, I meant to circle back to this. If – a college head coach is saying our best chance to win is to take the ball out of his hands. Yeah, that's problematic. That's a huge red flag. You sh- you want to see Joe Burrow. Yes. Where the coach is like fourth down and short. Right. We've got the lead. Right. I trust my guy. I'm putting it in his hands. You know, I'll live and die by that. Yeah. Well, how about a guy like Tua who in the national championship, Saban is like, okay. You've never started a game before, but we're throwing you in. You're our last chance. Yeah. And he comes through in the second half and wins it by, like, just bombing away. Right, exactly. Again, not because he just, like, managed the game. Oh, no. Right. Because he went and won it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's a huge red flag to me. I mean, if your college coach isn't saying 
this guy is is our is let's just hitch our wagon to him and he'll take us to the promised land then that's a problem I'd agree. Um, I want to talk more about the Broncos' needs and areas to address and kind of draft strategy. First, I would remind everyone on this Thanksgiving with the holidays coming up to subscribe to DNVR if you haven't already. The membership benefits are basically unlimited. Yeah. Uh, not only does it come with a free T-shirt and we're just adding more stuff by the day, like some dope hats. But our coverage, not to toot our own horn, is truly unparalleled. The commitment that we as a, as a business have made to just producing content, adding talent, and just letting that talent go and create just amazing stuff has never been greater. And, I mean, we kill it on the draft, so you won't want to miss anything that's coming up with Broncos from here till the end of eternity. If there's one thing um, that makes the Broncos' regular season struggles uh, more palpable – it's that we just dominate the draft and the off season. It's true. And and the off season I put in quotes because it's there is no off season <laughs> for us. Yeah. yeah. I mean our our off like we we ramp up. Yep, that's right. It's it's the on season for yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> so and uh hopefully no coaching changes this year. That would ease oh, the God. stress of the off season. <laughs> and to add and to add a little bit there too, the value is the the gift that keeps on giving is just the community. Yeah. Becoming a part of yeah. you know what you guys that listen to it, most of you know, but it, you know, it's it's something there's something cool about feeling a part of something with like a Broncos fan in Australia and Sweden and Aurora and Absolutely. So well, and I feel we've built this community that's really not dumbing things down, but also not overreacting or anything. It's just like smart, reasonable, sound people who just want the best for their teams, but also understand that these are pro sports and this is it's not easy in a ultra competitive billion dollar industry to just flip the switch like that. Totally. Um, then uh, we also got to remind you that Breckenridge Brewery, they always support us. Amazing beers. They are the DNVR of beers. Um, Love it. That might be underselling it for them. Uh, with maybe all we're, maybe we're the Breck Brews. We truly are. Of uh, local sports coverage. We're supposed to talk about the Colorado Core, which I love. I've sarcastically called it the champagne of beers before. Um, <laughs> I feel it's more that than it is uh, cider, but it also, if you're a cider kind of guy, it's a delightful... Oh, it's like a what's that called a well. Rosarch test? Oh boy, you're uh, you're speaking speaking Latin to me now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's called, but it's that thing where like if you look at it one way, you see it one way; if you look at it another way, you see it another. You know, mm, um, mm, and it's okay. like if you look at it as a beer, you'll see a beer. If you look at it as a cider, you'll see a cider. If yeah, you look at you it go. as a champagne, you might even see a champagne. Almost the uh, Lamar Jacksony, huh? The, the yes. beauty in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> so that's a Colorado core for you. You did do the Rubber Company tour. You didn't, but you know all the benefits of Denver Rubber Company. <laughs> Is this just a marathon? <laughs> Are we going to go through every... Hey, I just I just read the reads. Hank usually does this on the draft pod, so we're going full-on <laughs> marathon for you. <laughs> but you can visit them and check them out at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. Tell them we sent you any snowplow needs, anything, anything you can imagine that you need made out of rubber. They'll do a custom. They'll make it for you. And they'll give you a great rate. There you go. What's better than that? 
So, yeah, we've got the quarterbacks out. What would you say in order are the Broncos' biggest needs? At this point in the season, I feel like we should have a pretty good grasp on that. Well, one, until it's not, it's quarterback. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Two, left tackle. Yeah. And then three gets interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to call it a tie between wide receiver and corner. Interesting. Okay, I would break that tie by saying in this scheme, I think we've shown that guys like Devontae Harris can be contributors, so I'd give the edge to wide receiver. Probably but me I too. But I like that. Uh, it just I'm, I'm very afraid for what happens when Chris Harris Jr. is pulled out of the equation. Yeah, same. Also, I, it's a funny thing that's happening uh, where Broncos fans don't think he's going to be back and probably for good reason, so they're very eager to turn on him. Yeah, like right, everyone right, is right. just like is like really having right. fun with being like Chris Harris Jr. gets toasted every week now, and it's like, yeah, yeah he also like locks it down for the other ninety nine percent of plays. 100%. Yeah, that's what's crazy. That's what you like. That's what people aren't missing. They're, they're I feel like people are like Isaac Yadam could give up touchdowns like that all day. And it's like yes, he could, but then <laughs> right. he would also do it on all the other right. plays. Yep literally all day like there's no scheme it's just yeah. throw it at 26 yeah. that is not the i case mean that's what the, the raiders literally did that so uh, yes that's exactly right no d end in the mix for you or defensive line i mean because w- with wolf leaving the the concerns might be similar one i don't think wolf's gonna leave love it um two i'm i'm sort of at the same place like I guess when I'm thinking of needs, I'm thinking of wh- where you should go early in the draft, and yeah. I just don't think they need to go there early in the draft, early, early in the draft. Okay. I would love – we've talked about this on the Broncos podcast. Love for them – so we'll live in the, the Drew Locke war- looks great world for mm-hmm. a second. They go left tackle with their first pick uh-huh. and then jump back into the first round to get one of these wide receivers. Whichever one you love that's still oh, there. Because someone's going to still be there. I mean, they can't there all be wide receiver many. picks. Yes, yes. I love it when the odds line up like that and you just take it, take a swing, take advantage. Like, oh, La- LaVisca's there at oh. 23 or 24, and you just jump back in. and Stop talking dirty to me. Maybe even a little – you need to drop a little more to trade yeah, up from, like, I mean, 37. Having LaVisca in this But you have three – don't they have three third-round picks? I think they have three mm-hmm. third-round picks. Yeah. So you can – package a couple of those together right yeah you can make it happen Mm. you could totally make it happen. what's the dude um in oh man what's the dude in uh san francisco the the rookie debo yeah there i love the way they're using him in this in this offense Mm -hmm. yeah yeah wouldn't fisca fit so nicely that's like that on steroids right that's what i mean you take you take that put him in that role where you're getting him in these catches with a head of steam and yeah. Well, for this segment, maybe I wanna, Visca goes off. I mean, Visca is a like if we're doing the draft day thing of like uh, on the back of oh, a sticky yeah. note, Visca. Visca, no matter I what, put down. Yeah. Um, but maybe Visca. Well, maybe it's better if he doesn't. But maybe Visca in front of a national audience Yeesh. with the whole world rooting yeah. for the Buffs goes off against Utah and steals the hearts of America. I do almost feel like, uh, let's go stay quiet, would you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole world's going to be watching. Oh, yeah. 5.30, ABC. Every Alabama fan out there has to watch. Has that line changed? Minnesota fans will be heavily invested. I mean, the whole, like, that's what I mean. Georgia fans will be s- strongly invested. 
it's too bad that that like i said on the denver sports podcast that the pac-12 really wants utah to win and they're in charge of the refs and the refs uh <laughs> with the recent stretch are not good no you could have sworn they were trying to rig a few of those games maybe steven steven can steal some hearts too that'd be amazing um we're gonna get into some buffs talk real quick now as a prominent member of broncos twitter you probably know there is a faction that's in the left tackle or bust like don't even think about it i don't care where we're drafting i don't care who's left it's a strong left tackle class just take one your thoughts on that theory uh it doesn't matter you can just leave the position blank if you're ever saying that sentence it's wrong Pretty much. Pretty, pretty much. And I would use back to the Niners, which are pretty relevant with this offense, I'd say, since, uh, you know, the Mike McGlinchey pick, I think, has really come back to bite him using the ninth overall pick on that right tackle who's been on and off again hurt. And when he's healthy, like the one loss they have is because Jadavion Clowney regularly like punked McGlinchey stole his lunch money that game was crazy and then just did it again yeah like game of the year um by a mile but I really feel like again they could have got a quarterback there they could have Lamar instead of McGlinchey oh, think man. about that yeah they have to go did Josh Allen was taking a pick ahead did he go he eighth because again, oh, yeah. they Rosen could have Josh Allen. Yeah, maybe, but no, I don't think so. But anyways, that was a loaded draft. You've got guys like Jair and Alexander and some amazing linebackers. Um, just and Lamar. It's a classic again. draft for need and mm-hmm. and pay for it. Yeah, exactly. And he's been playing as their right tackle. He hasn't even been their left tackle. He's just been like not good. And honestly, didn't we know that? Yes, we did. <laughs> I was singing. I was shouting it from the mountaintops. I yeah. was like, "This! I've studied this guy for three years because super average, right? Not good. Like, I get he's got the length. I get he's on this, and he was on a Notre Dame team that was really good. I think they made it to the playoffs that year. But it was like they only run the ball. The only time they have to pass it, they're in trouble, and it's partially because they're left tackle and big pro prospect is not that great in pass protection yeah like isn't that a glaring red flag to you yeah i just don't get it and this year we have a guy in tristan Wirfs at iowa he's their right tackle but he's he's played on both sides as much upside as just about any offensive tackle prospect i've ever studied if he's there at five i'm all in on andrew thomas from georgia he's been a little up and down i think the nfl might might neg him a little bit because uh, length might not be elite, but I think he he could still go very high. I have no doubt. So I mean, you've got two really high end guys, but if you know Drew comes in and wins some games and they're gone, do not reach on the third best tackle. God, because whoever no. that is, they are not going to be worth it. Yeah. No. I mean, it's cr- it, uh, it's just thinking about this takes me back to the Bulls <laughs> draft, <laughs> and it's just. It's so crazy to 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 just try and imagine how they r- arrived at that conclusion. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you get enticed by upside is how you arrive to it. But imagine this. Ryan Ramchek is is younger today. I know. Than Garrett Bowles was when the Broncos drafted him. I know, Ryan. <laughs> and anal- as an analytics person, that's about all I needed to be like, so he's raw and high upside, but he's also older. Old, yes. than like, 
Like, how's that make sense? I don't care how nasty this guy is. Like, it's not worth it, man. They got crazy. I mean, they just, they got crazy thinking they were going to win. And they said, let's take the, they, they thought the, like, they well, sold, they, con- they convinced themselves of the fact that the, the, him being older meant he was more pro-ready. He wasn't. No. Anyways. They also clearly love Utah prospects, and I wish some people from Utah could have been like, yo, uh, Garrett's actually not this. He's not that. Like, did you watch him against Takaris McKinley? Like, ugh. Yeah. And again, led the, led the. Uh, college football on holdings. Yeah. Then as a rookie, he led the NFL on holdings. Then as a second-year player, he led the NFL on <laughs> holdings. Then as a third-year, like, uh, come on. I know. I know. Anyways. Yeah. Worfs or Thomas. I'm available for analytics consulting anytime the Broncos want to reach out. Uh, they just sh- they just should- so they know. I have opinions too. Um, yeah, I, exactly. I'll like, we'll give them. We'll happily consult our. Honestly, like- they sh- like it would behoove them. To ask us our opinions about the players at the Senior Bowl, because we are, we're locked in. We are, I mean, our record on players being good and bad from the Senior Bowl is absurd. Before we go, this year, we should we should make a, a post about that. What yeah, our we feelings were on players leaving when we left the Senior Bowl, because it's unreal. Yeah, it's true. And I, I wish I would have pounded uh, the – obviously, it matters less now. But Minshew, I did feel like every quarterback roundup, it was like, oh, yeah, and Minshew's been really consistent and actually looked the part in a pro system. Yep. I mean, the the list, Debo. We love Debo. Debo. Debo and Chark are, like, undefeated. We loved Chark. McLaurin. McLaurin. Like, oh, my we God. We loved McLaurin. Yeah. We loved Reisner. Yep. We probably missed perfect. a little on her, her – oh, no, Will I almost Hernandez. said Willie Hernan Gomez. That is that is incorrect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Willie Hernan Gomez did not have a great senior he bowl. Um, Will Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. I don't know enough about. Which he's picked it back up in him. the second year, right? Um, but that's we did the like risk Adam. With, yeah. So that's a that's a miss. But I mean, like I said, I think we're probably like seventy five percent hits. I wonder what Terrell Hanks is up to these days. I should probably know. Thanks. Oh, God, he was great. There's still time. There's still I think, time. I think he ended up in Miami. Poor Could guy. be. I mean, that'd be <laughs> lots of opportunities to play there. That's, True. That's basically like uh, America's next uh, top model over there. They're just running a reality TV show. Yes. Say new sticks. Okay, some Buffs talk. Sweet. Great week for the Buffs. I mean, it was peak 2019 Buffs. Visca playing great. Mel Tucker's defense coming into its own. We're not as interested in that, though. People will see this in their buffs feed. So, I mean, feel free to share your thoughts. few prospects I want to get into, though. We've mentioned Visca a little bit. I mean, you've got unparalleled insights into the program. How much do you think the injuries could hurt him? A lot. Because talent-wise, at his peak, he's a top-ten pick. Yeah, here's the thing is, like, you have to – think about the way that GMs and, and mm-hmm. think about this and, and they think of it as a, as a massive investment Yep. and any reason they have to dock you, they'll take, you know, that yeah. it's almost like they're looking, they want red flags, you know? Oh yeah. Cause Absolutely. as soon as they find mm-hmm. one, they're like, okay, cool. I get to move you down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, and they almost build their board back. It's not like they build their board talent, you know, and then yeah. they, they try to weed out, Okay, well, let's not go this direction. Let's yes. not go this direction. Let's right. not go this direction. Oh, here's what we have. Yeah. 
And so I think he's really going to get popped for that. Yeah. Um, I don't the, – the situation within the program is just interesting. Like, the way he's been handled, mm-hmm. um, it's funny because I think there there was a, kind of an agreement here to not kill LaVisca this year. You know, like, uh-huh. right. it was like, hey, you, you know, take care of me, that sort of thing. Yeah. And Mel, I think, has tried his best. Yeah. I think they have done a really good job of taking care of him. Absolutely. Unfortunately, in the limited amount of action yeah. they've been using him, he keeps getting hurt. And I think that, in in hindsight, actually ends up hurting him more. Yeah, good point. You know, if they gave him a couple hundred touches this year right. and he was dragging by the end of the year, they'd say, well – they ran him into the ground. Right. It'd be much easier to be like, well, actually, Colorado was committing like child abuse by giving him the ball. <laughs> what so they much. did to Cepho, basically. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well. um, so I think it, it's almost worse that he didn't, you know, he was used in a limited fashion and yeah. then continued. It's like he, it was almost like Jawan James esque. Like every time he went out there, he'd get like a few plays and then he would come away hobbled. Um, it's a weird situation where he's too powerful. Yeah. It's like like Ralphie, yeah. why they had to retire her. <laughs> oh, wow. He's too powerful. Yeah, um, a little Bo Jackson-y. Yeah, it's like, yeah. so you're running at full speed, then the first guy impacts you, it slows you down a little bit, then another guy starts dragging you, slows you down, another, and then the, next, the last guy comes and tees off on you because you're a sitting duck. Um and he's just—it's—it's it's not in his nature to to avoid contact. Right. It's what—it's like the opposite effect of Kyler and Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Those guys have always known they're slight; they can't take big hits, so they're—they're they're predisposed to avoid contact. Right. Right. Laviska, one of his greatest attributes his whole life has always been, I can run people over. So he's just—that's the way he's wired—is just to go and just try and kill anyone in front of him, and. Unfortunately, it's gonna it's gonna it's come back to bite him a little bit. Yeah, and the, I think what NFL GMs are gonna say is that's only gonna get worse at this next level. I know, and I do wonder like how much of it is are the injuries more a narrative than an actual real scouting concern? Because you look at the injuries, they're all kind of minor. There's no like oh degenerative this yeah, it's or like, like turf toe, right. dislocated shoulder. Like he missed some games because he was maybe dealing with the flu this season. Like that's that's not a concern. There was like an uh, an abdominal strain, I think. Just yeah, you're right. It is right. little th- like, but I don't know. Can a guy be prone to little injuries? You know, like is that a thing? It's it's hard to draw uh, the dots between the lines here yeah. of being like oh like uh, um, a, a sprained shoulder is connected to a sprained ankle you know but it, are they I don't know I think that's up to the team doctors what I will say is this this is going to end up working out famously for Lavisca Chenault yeah because he is going to fall to a team like the Green Bay Packers or the patriots just please don't let them fall to the chiefs or the chiefs could you believe it like one of these teams that knows exactly how to use him and can get him into space and in all this and and are just going to feed him the rock yeah is going to get him and it's going to be incredible like yeah would it be great for the broncos to get him of course be amazing but the broncos don't like scheme open wide open receivers the way these other places do where lovisco is going to come across on a drag and there's no one around and he's going to catch the ball and turn it up and no one's going to want to get near him because he's going you know yeah. 20 miles per hour 
the two things I want in my sports life, I've really been able to, you know, so it's, there's really three things. One's a Nuggets championship. Rockies, I'm sorry, I've given up hope. Um, I, I used to get, I had given up hope about the Nuggets, but that's a story for another day. The other one is a, a Rose Bowl with CU beating Nebraska. That oh would be God. like all time <laughs> exhilarating. And the third thing would be for some wildcat being run with either Phil or Visca taking the snap directly and then option passing it to the other. Wow. That's How's very that different from the other ones. List, huh? Yeah, that, I got a little more specific in very that Very specific. So it would be amazing if that happened. It's also such a loaded wide receiver class that you're absolutely right. I mean, all evaluators, it's hard enough evaluating these guys and projecting them in ahead. So if there's an easy reason to knock a guy, you'll take it and you'll knock him. And when there are other guys at the same position just skipping him in line, it's even easier for him to fall. What about, like, what are the Ravens? Oh, no. Oh, no, Ryan. Oh, no. Oh, He'd be man. perfect with Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. That yeah. would be the perfect threesome. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Anyways. That's terrible. Um, I think I could just – I only have one wish. It's just the Buffs National Championship. If that happened, I think mm. I could die happy. Someone asked me, would yeah. I trade a Buffs National Championship for knowing that no other Denver team can ever win? That was really hard, but I said no. Um, You said no. I said no. This is – I'm a man of the people, Andre. I didn't want to do that to the city. It was too selfish. Oh, man. Yeah, it's tough. Like – It's tough. I mean, because I've gotten those, like, you know, Super Bowl win or Italy winning the World Cup and stuff. And, you know, in the moment – I, I've I've prayed and said I'll never ask for this again. <laughs> you know, then like four months pass and it's like, well, I sure hope I get to see this other thing. You know, you get greedy. I mean, there's only you can only watch that that championship DVD so many times before it's like, man, I'd really like to see that again. And living in existence of knowing that will never occur again, it would be tough. During the uh, 1996 playoffs. Uh, okay. When the Broncos are playing the Jaguars, the Jags, yeah. I I remember praying that they would win the game. Win the game, and I told my mom like, if God is real, like they're gonna win. <laughs> 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 and, she, and like, it's kind of hard to explain to a kid that young that that's just not how it works. But I never forgot that. <sighs> oh, that's a shame. Didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Montez is the next prospect I'd like to talk about mm. um, because uh, Kuiper, Mel Kuiper, of course, of ESPN, just came out with his uh, big board, and then he also has his top 10 by position rankings. And Steven, for the first time this week, made it in as the 10th quarterback. Um, and as I mentioned on TDSP, I thought that final drive at Folsom for him was something else. Spectacular. Um, absolutely. Uh, what he showed, how he put everything together and was just peak Steven Montez, what we've always wished he could be on a regular basis, um, was very encouraging. And, I mean, we've said it for a while. The the tools have always been there. The lob throw to Stanley was great, yeah. where he scrambled around. The, on the very next play, he threw that, like, 10-yard, 12-yard out. Mm-hmm. That was a better throw. 
Dude, it was that's a, a true like pro throw. That exploded out of his hand. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen that in a while. Actually, he had one more earlier in the game on a on a little uh, slant. I think it was where it was just like, Pew! and yeah. I was like, whoa, where's that been? Yeah, yeah, true. you know. And and that's like the that's like the uh, the name of the of the book of Steven Montez's senior season. Where's that been? Yeah, true. Um, they were so concerned about him not getting hurt mm. because. The truth is the cupboard is bare behind him. That we they found told, that out the few times <laughs> other guys have had to take snaps. Yeah. So I know what the coaching staff told him, which is just, Steven, you cannot get hurt. Yeah. If you run, you slide. You get out of bounds. Yeah. Uh, avoid running at all costs, in fact. Mm-hmm. And it it kill, it hurt him. It, you know, it took away an, a part of his game that's really important. And all of a sudden, it started in that USC game, and he even said it. He's like, I told my roommate last night. I'm not sliding. I'm not being uh, risk adverse. I'm just going to go play. And if you look at the way he's played, uh, say for the UCLA game the week after that, mm-hmm. it's been a, diff- a different player. Yeah. So the good news for him, the bad news for him is that, you know, trying to not get hurt, probably hurt his NFL draft stock. Yeah. The yeah. good news is for him, he's trending back up. Um, Absolutely. He probably also cost himself a senior bowl invite. Um yeah, he has accepted the East-West right. invite, right? So, I mean, I guess he could play himself back early into, enough, right, yeah. for him to, you know, depending on who else drops out and what have you. Let's say he plays really well against Utah. Might be able mm-hmm. to earn his way back in. Well, and if they won and gave him an extra game to play a bowl game against a quality opponent, that would that would do well for his stock as well. Yeah. Yeah, great. it's a bit, bit of a poor man's Josh Allen in some ways. Yeah, I see a lot of different. Pro- I see a little Paxton Lynch in him. I see a little Josh mm-hmm. Allen in him. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest concern for his draft stock was that he had all of a sudden started looking slow, mm. and I was like, "Well, now he's just a bad pack pocket yep. passer." Yep. There um, have been times this year where I just felt like, "Boy, those raw tools were those? aren't as elite as I thought they were." But as I think I've learned over the last couple of weeks, it's not that he was slow. It's that he was running scared. Yeah. And, again, he's trying not to get hurt. All of a sudden, um, last week, or he had the, a couple touchdowns in the – he had one in the Stanford game, and then did he have one this this last week, a rushing touchdown? I forget. I don't know. Um, he looked fast again. And I'm like, oh, okay, now he's yeah. just cutting it loose and going out right. there. And, and I, I mean, f- fast in, in quarterback terms. For a guy who's, like, prototypical size, right. like 230. 6'5", yeah. 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 So – I think uh, I, I'm I'm back into the position where he's going to be a mid-round pick. Yeah, we'll see. It's always tricky with quarterbacks on that back end, you know, guys who I've thought, oh, they could even squeeze into the end of the third, but definitely an early day three pick, then, like, don't get drafted. Yeah, well, it's, it's the opposite of all it takes is one. If you don't get one, then you can your slide <laughs> right. can never end. Right, yeah, that's true. Um, so I think this offseason will be interesting for him. I think he's he's done enough to earn himself a combine invite. I think that could be big with him. Um, but he's just got to be consistent because he's a guy who, when his tools are at 100%, like he's going to look good in a pro day and combine type setting thrown against the air. I will say it's a bit it's, – it's concerning that this Buffs offense has been – Mm-hmm. okay at best uh-huh. yep. with all these weapons but i it might be more of a jay johnson problem than a steven montez problem yeah fair 
Um, Davion Taylor's been getting some buzz after that senior bowl invite for his speed and versatility. Our guy Hank was on top of his role coming into the season from the very start. And frankly, both Henry and I were a little surprised that he's as well thought of in the scouting community as he is. Because to some extent, an underwhelming season. Is that fair to say? It's so weird because he's just um, – he's miscast. He's not mm -hmm. playing where he's supposed mm -hmm. to play. Yep. And – So explain that to our Broncos listeners who aren't as familiar. Well, he – Where should he play and how are they using him instead? I mean, he, I, he could play – inside linebacker i think for the buffs mm -hmm. i would have been fine with that early in the season He's a perfect like weak side back yeah. yeah and so that's where i would kind of have loved to have him but yeah. he's put into more of a coverage role right um which he started off really rough yes and he has taken to it uh, like a fish to water in the yeah. last you know four to five weeks mm -hmm. and i think that's why you're seeing him rise up yeah is they're like man they just threw this guy out there made him learn how to cover and do all of these things and he t really really figured it out yeah i mean he got beat early on in the stanford game uh on like a little uh, thing to the flat yeah and like you could just see it and he was just like i'm not getting beat on that again and just shut it down like that's mm -hmm. all stanford wanted to do was with what a terrible offense! Oh, I know. They're like, all right, we're gonna throw a little little flares out to the to the flat, and then we're gonna throw to the seam to the tight end. Yeah, David Shaw would have been like the hottest college coach two three years back, and I think his stock has just died off. It's gone. Yeah, like it, we're almost to like hot seat at Stanford levels, which is crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, really crazy. So. Uh, but he he took away the flat the entire rest of the game for them. Um, he had another huge hit in the flat against Washington. And just yes. the way that he's been able to cover ground, I think, is why people are just like, whoa, this guy, is, he's like linebacker. He, you know, he's a small linebacker, big safety, you know, type of thing where I think that in, in the right defense, he can be a weapon. Wouldn't he be great, like, neck paired with Alexander Johnson in this Broncos defense? Yeah, it would be amazing. That would be ideal, right? Yeah. That's kind of his perfect scheme fit. And the next guy I wanted to talk about, Nate Landman, kind of the opposite. He's a bit more of that Alexander Johnson. I think we were all supremely disappointed and underwhelmed with how he played at the at the beginning of the season. Just completely all expectations were just thrown, thrown down the toilet. And now he's picked it back up. Yeah, uh, this is – a case of a guy who had to learn a whole new offense or a whole yeah. new defense, yep. you know? And again, he looked slow. He looked legitimately slow, almost like Steven. Yes. Um, and it, and it's not the same as Steven, I don't think, but in the end it turns out he, he wasn't playing free in the same way that Steven wasn't just for different reasons. He didn't, he was thinking Yep. and thinking is the worst thing that, that can happen to you on a football field because the second you have to think about something, the play has passed you by. Uh -huh. um, so I think in the last three weeks, Nate finally got it. Yeah, and it finally clicked for him. He's like, "Oh, so that's where I'm supposed to be there, and I need and I need to be here." And all of a sudden, he looks fast again, and he's making big plays. So um, I'm like so anti that type of linebacker in the oh, NFL I know. It's so that it's time. hard for me to to say like what yeah. type of prospect he is, but. As with AJ Johnson as your evidence, there's right. still a use for those players. Yeah. And, and look at what Fangio has done with AJ Johnson. He just said you're a, he's a weapon. He's an extra mm -hmm. pass rusher. He is a mm -hmm. guy who can just plug up holes mm -hmm. in the run game. 
make I, Fangio like basically said like AJ, you only have to go forward. Yeah, just everything right. you do is going forward. Right. I don't want you. Uh, don't backpedal yeah. ever. Yeah, and it's worked out really, really well. I love. I love when coaches do that. I mean, I love uh, Fangio just saying like, "Oh, you're bad at something. Cool, just don't do it. You don't have to do it." And then of course he gets matched up with Cole Beasley and. Right. Well, <laughs> and that was the problem. I mean, Josh Allen. They showed it on the broadcast. Really struggled against man coverage. So you could tell the Broncos are going to go more in man, and it kind of bit them. Mm -hmm. It was like, uh, it turns out the team speed on this defense isn't great. The scheme has actually been covering a lot more than maybe we thought. Yeah. So if, if someone wants to take him and make him a downhill player, then he, I think he can play. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I hear that. Um, okay. Any other buffs that come to mind? I guess Tony Brown maybe – not quite getting the scout and buzz that those other four are, but Tony's been pretty impressive. Doesn't he just play like a pro? Yes. That's like, I, I, looks I, like I don't even pro. know what that means. Mm -hmm. I just see it. I'm like, he looks like a pro receiver out there. Um, 100%. And and that's like my best, the best thing I can say about him. He looks like a pro. He runs routes like a pro. He catches the ball like a pro. Um, I think he'll get a shot somewhere be great if he went undrafted and could be like the next great undrafted local product they they need those He'd, seem to be working so keep doing it more than most picks frankly yeah yeah <laughs> um tony brown um alfano gonna go number one in a couple years right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I hope. Eh, knock on wood get hyped and read my film room on that kid um yeah well exciting stuff with the buffs hopefully they can close out the season and shock the world and have a bowl game and give these guys a another four quarters of tape to to showcase their talents to the nfl we need yeah that's as big for recruiting as anything is when you're watching because all these kids were just like we were as as kids you know we're all dreaming of playing football and watching the draft and thinking like man wouldn't that be cool that's what all these recruits are doing and the more you see uh the Buffaloes pop up on the screen, the better. Yeah, like when they show those highlights of LaVisca and he's wearing the black and gold under the lights at Folsom on draft night, like that's going to that's gonna look dope for the program. Yeah, hard to beat. Yeah. Um, as you guys may or may not know, like, duh, taking care of your teeth is pretty important, I would say. <laughs> um, and that's why our friends at Green Mountain Dental are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, or exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Okay, Ryan, real quick, jumping into some questions. I actually missed last week, but it all was leading into a special show we had with AJ on the pod and that leads us to some questions so dylan c west three says fellas being as uninformed about college football as i am listening to this pod always makes me feel like i in in stars sort of know what's going on leading up to the draft and who to check out some tape of from time to time i don't really have much to add to that conversation this time around just that having aj on this week was hilarious and made for some great content absolutely so glad Love to hear AJ. that. Yeah. Hopefully we get to hear from him again soon. Absolutely. We're making that a priority. Also, if you're looking for a good time 
to spend with some good beer. Breck's Christmas Ale comes in mini kegs, a thousand percent the sub twenty dollar price point for a good time. So there you go. We just had that at our Thanksgiving. It's outstanding. So good, and and it, for some reason it tastes even better when it comes out of the mini keg. Not for some reason. It's a mini keg. Everyone <laughs> loves a mini keg, Ryan. And it's so holiday esque. I love that. Um, it's the holidayest beer. Oh, Benny Lava. I'm sure he, he, he asked you guys questions, but Benny is a true draft pod dr- diehard. Oh, um, love that. I would do anything for Benny. Super draft. I think fan. you say, uh, one, the first thing you should do for Benny is to say his name, right? I think it's Ooh, Benny Lava. Ooh, what I, oh, I said, oh, uh, hey, hey, Benny, want to see my O face? No, it's, ooh, okay, apologies. <laughs> There's some unintended comedy. One, outside of Wirfs, <laughs> outside of Wirfs and Thomas, can you identify some possible first or second round tackle options for the Broncos to target? There's also lots going on after I just said that here oh, in the office. office. is up in arms. <laughs> um, yeah, other tackle targets are Austin Jackson of USC. Immense talent. I hope he declares selfishly. I think he's a little on the fence right now. Both of Alabama's tackles are top prospects. Uh, their left tackle, Alex Leatherwood, looks more like more of a guard. He's lost a lot of ground lately because he just hasn't played great. Such Did a not- good offensive lineman name, though. Leatherwood, oh, yeah. What about if I move him to guard, though? Yeah, uh, there's a and Jedrick Willis is the other tackle there. Calvin Thockmorton out of Oregon. He's their right tackle. Probably another guy who fits best as a guard. We're actually going to see some really intriguing talents at the Senior Bowl. Um, first of which is Johnson out of Houston. He's got the prototypical length and pass protection ability. Lucas Niang of TCU is up there. Um, he's been dealing with some injuries. Uh, Auburn, Prince Tega, Wanogu, he's also been dealing with injuries, but those are some other names to keep in mind. Samuel Cosme of Texas, another one. Are you with me on this? Um, I, I don't like drafting tackles outside of the first round, or at least left tackles. It's like you need to hit it. Generally, yes, but boy, would I love a like Bakhtiari. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously there's hits. It's right. just for me, it's like it's so important to get it right, and it's so bad if you get it wrong mm-hmm. that it's it's like not worth rolling the dice yeah. there. No, I agree. I mean, I think in free agency you really gotta kind like if we're gonna spend twelve million on our right tackle anyways, let's just overpay for a Nate Solder or something. Yeah, or an although Andrew Nate Whitworth. Solder is sadly kind of lost it i mean whitworth was really the guy who i was like oh my god the market is undervaluing this kid let's please pounce um and that didn't work out. and and it's it's funny to say that because i also feel similarly about quarterback um the drew lock situation is just kind of an outlier there like he was a first round prospect who fell yeah yeah no i mean I, like I said, I we liked point. we liked Drew Lock significantly more than a dude who went six four six overall. Daniel Jones. Oh yeah, Daniel Jones. One of my concerns was very Herbert esque. Is everyone saying like, oh, you got to take him because he comes from Cutcliffe's offense? Cutcliffe in short down and distance or in the red zone would take his would put his mobile quarterback in and almost run a wildcat. That was a glaring red flag for me. I think 
slowly I will be proven correct. Secondly, I feel like it's ar- that's already started to bear itself out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Though, again, I wouldn't jump the gun because it's early, and that offense is also trash. He's probably going to so. win MVP next year and then suck again in year three. <laughs> That'd be low-key hilarious. Um, Benny asks, number two, is there a Terry McLaurin-type wide receiver you would target in round three? The best of the bunch, and it's still early in the evaluations, would be Devontae Smith of Alabama. I totally forgot. He's the one who caught Tua's game winner. Oh, yeah. Like, and then he just kind of went under. That's crazy. Well, they have legit, like, four high-end prospects on that team. Don't wait until round three to take a wide receiver. There's way too many good ones at the top to wait that long. Or take one and then take one again with one of those three third-round picks. Yeah. Um, Four. I think that— Wait, real quick. Devontae Smith, Warren Jackson? Warren Jackson, dude, if he declares— yeah, but I think he'll rise up higher. There's guys like Denzel Mims out of Baylor, TJ Vasher out of Texas Tech. That's the thing. Vasher and uh, Jackson are very similar. Yes. Um, you know, there's uh, Michael Pittman from USC has been unbelievable. But that's a guy who, like, a month ago I would have said, oh, yeah, you can find him in round three. Now it's like uh, you might go in the top 30 picks. The, the wide receivers are crazy. Crazy. Is, I mean, so just best take wide receiver class of the guys who drop. Ever? Possibly. I always thought that, you know, Adele, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins one was pretty good. And their rookie seasons were historical. And then, you know, guys like Calvin Benjamin falls off. Sammy Watkins never lives up to his potential. Now, you know, Evans is kind of stu- stuck in a bad situation, you know, so everyone's stock has... Um, but yeah, potentially yes. As far as depth, easily the the deepest. I've How ever many? Done. I mean, I always like I haven't counted it yet. I mean, is there? I mean, every a dozen. Oh, th- that are going the top two rounds. More yeah, than that? yeah, a dozen in the top two, and like almost twenty in the top hundred. So top three rounds. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I think I remember someone saying that I just did my mm-hmm. top one hundred, and mm-hmm. a, th- a fifth of them were wide receivers. Mm-hmm. It's that has been the situation with cornerbacks the last couple of years, um, and could should be with wide receivers, which is a tough position to evaluate. But this year, there's just that much talent. Devin Duvernay of Texas is another one. Four, so we're skipping three. That's the thing, you guys. For think. Mr. B. For Mr. B. I think that Royce Freeman could excel in the Booker third down back role. That would necessitate getting another back to take those early down snaps that Phil doesn't get. I like the idea of the idea of getting a big bruiser like Najee Harris, whose stock is skyrocketing and probably won't be had by the Broncos because he'll go too high. Is there anyone else in that similar role that could be targeted in a later round than Harris? Been missing the draft pod. Hope you all are back soon. Um, real quick, were you listening to the Broncos pod the day where I admitted you were right? No, no. <laughs> oh, how sad. No, I didn't. Uh, about Royce Freeman. Ah, I think I caught some of that. Yes, yeah. I was like, ah, cool. He's slow. Um, frankly, I would have preferred to be wrong and Royce to have worked out, but yeah, never quite happened. Um, AJ Dillon out of Boston College would be that bruiser that could really. Well, fit. really quick, this is an interesting conversation. Zach Moss of Utah's entry. Oh, I love Zach Moss. Yeah. Uh, here, this is an interesting conversation because, like, you know Benjamin Harrison State. Oh. We're adding. Um, you like those Pac-12 guys? <laughs> I do. I only watch the Pac-12 hey. and then like the game of the week. Um, 
or whatever Big Ten game is on at 10 a.m. I know. Um, we're are we adding running back to the Broncos list of needs? It, uh, I think it is kind of that like six, fifth or sixth need, like that I agree. hidden need. Right, I agree, and I don't know if they will. I think they're gonna kind of want to ride the Royce Royce and Phil train. I just, I think, well. I think uh, Royce is fine. They should have just kept what was it, Jonathan Williams? Oh yeah. Jonathan like, Williams. Like I'm saying, like, just keep that guy. Yeah. Um, well, they just put him on his pra- their practice squad, and he and got gave bought him a off. ton of money, and then right, he got bought off. So um, that was weird, but whatever. It's interesting to me. I just I think we give Royce a pass just because he is like a nice compliment to Phil. Like, well, they're not using him correctly. Right, but, but I just I think you could do so much more with like an explosive player in that position, mm. or like a true bruiser. You know, yeah, like get right, real thunder right, and lightning right, 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 about right, right. it. Yeah, I hear you on that. And yeah, yeah, I just haven't been happy with how they've used Royce this year. Though I think he's starting to understand a little more. This is what I am at the NFL level. I need to stop dancing and just hit a hole and get downhill. I still can't believe people in the offseason were like, he's going to be, he might be the feature back in this offense. I'm like, did you watch Philip Lindsay? Yeah. You know, no one feature backs out feature backs Philip Lindsay. Like once you put him out there, you're like, oh, we, ha- we have to keep running this guy. You're here, brother. He also ends it by saying, oh, and Henry, FTG, go cats, go. So, okay. hey, hey, you got it. Um, Craig L asks, not, li- not listen back to the last pod for the drinking game. But I forget what stupid drinking game I proposed. <laughs> um, but have listened to the seven round mock draft pod at least three times now. If we fall out of range of Thomas and Wirfs, how do you address the left tackle position? What is the realistic range for Austin Jackson? So we kind of talked about that. There's going to be some options. I would not force the pick. I think if he declares Austin Jackson goes in that 15 to 25 range. So tough. You'd have to move back up, but it might be too far of a move back up to really be able to afford it. Is Chase Young? I'm, I'm derailing. Is Chase Young uh, a cannot pass prospect? Well, that depends if there's that two. If two is there, frankly. Broncos are at five. Mm-hmm. Chase Young and two on the board. Drew Locke went three and two and was generally good, but not great. Oh, God, I probably still take two. Okay. I mean, if you have Chase Young, you're the Broncos insider. Where? How do you make it fit? I don't care. Well, I mean, when one of the four best players on your roster is regularly on the bench, that doesn't concern you? Well, no, you just don't do that. I mean, you... Uh... You play a 3-5-5. Th- five, five. <laughs> Sounds good to me, I don't know. <laughs> or does Chubb beef up and you're just like, he's basically a five technique half the time? Yeah. He's got it know. in him. I don't know. It's NASCAR all day. Yeah, I mean, the best case is the Niners with Nick Bosa, where it's like, dude, they missed on or they do. They missed or kind of hit on all these first round defensive linemen, but they didn't get cute. They just took Nick Bosa and just that one pick on an area that you could argue they'd already addressed in an offseason where they also added D Ford just propelled their defense to five other levels. Yeah, yeah. And that's the case for it. I just think, like, this is an amazing offensive draft. The tackles are great. The wide receivers are historic. The quarterbacks are really good. 
The running backs are really good. The tight ends are fine, but we don't care about tight ends for once. Like, please address offense and stop going after defense. Fair enough. Like, I get that defense is the easier thing to evaluate. Just stop, please. And don't trade back. Yeah, really. Who are the wide receivers that should be considered in rounds two and three as complementary pieces to Cortland Sutton? Save the rest of my question for next week. Thanks, boys. Um, so, yeah, we, in fact, Benny commented on that and said, just read this comment after I posted mine. Great minds think alike. Um, yeah, the wide receivers. There's a ton of names. Listen back to that question. And thank you so much, Craig. Um, Orange Crush asks, what are your thoughts about Tua possibly die? Oh, my gosh. These guys, I should have just read the questions to start the show <laughs> instead of even bothering with this outline. Tua possibly dropping out of the first with his injury history. Do you see a scenario where Denver trade back into the first and pick him up? First off, with a quarterback, you would be incentivized to do that. Yes. There's no, uh, there's no way Tua falls out of the round. The medical reports seem comforting enough not to be scared off like that. And if he does fall out of the round, that means that everyone's doctors told them to, to chill. So then he might drop to like round three. Right. But like everyone has their number, right? Where you're just like, you know what? Screw the medical eval. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That Michael Porter Jr. range basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah I'm with it. I, Yes, they should absolutely do that if that's the scenario. I just think it's very, very unlikely. What's your that guess happens. today? Tua goes where? Like fifth overall. Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Yeah, there's just it's just mm-hmm. there's no way. Mm-hmm. I I mean, do you think the one day is still the injury in... happened? It was concerning. Do you now, think one is still in play for him? Yes, absolutely. I just think it's harder, not just because he needs to be cleared medically, but similar to Visca, there is that concern of, like, is he injury prone? Redshirt year would probably do wonders for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but who has the patience for that in today's NFL? <laughs> no one. Like, no one. Drew it's Locke crazy. made it uh, crazy. 12 weeks. Yeah. No, I mean, it's crazy. No one has the patience for it. No one has bought, like, the goodwill from their fan base to afford that. Maybe you except can, for like Andy Reid with Mahomes. Yeah, maybe you can like stash him in uh, in Europe like basketball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd have to be like the Titans make the playoffs, win around. Everyone loves Mike Vrabel. They sign Ryan Tannehill to a friendly contract, and they draft Tua, who drops. You could. I mean, I I feel like you could if you came out right away and said our medical staff has said he's going to make a full recovery. But he needs to not play football for a year. Ah, man. I think you could it's you could just, do it then. It's just so tough. We're so harsh on quarterbacks. We forget they touch the ball every snap. And it's like as soon as they have one bad play, you're like, ah, put two in. Yeah. You it's know, true. it's so hard. It takes like yeah, like Noah Fant, you know, could go ten straight plays without a bad play and no one notices him. Right. But like quarterback <laughs> Yeah. You know. Yeah. Broncos Nugs ask, would it be too much to draft left tackle top 10, trade up, and get the Wisconsin center and get a wide receiver with the third pick in the second or third, then spend money on D? I love everything about this except for trading up for the Wisconsin center. He's great, but it's a nice little center class. You have him, Tyler Badass. You have Creed Humphrey, the center out of Oklahoma. You have Lloyd Cushenberry, the center out of LSU. And you have um, 
the Michigan center who I'm blanking on. If all four of those guys declare, it's actually a really nice center class. And I just feel like, yeah, there's no need to rush it. Just let the ball fall, the board fall to you. I don't think center's a need. I don't either. I think McGovern is the, the underrated well bright enough. spot mm-hmm. of the Broncos season. Really, that whole middle three, like Leary's been better than he's ever been. Yeah, he had the penalty issues early on, right? But he's been solid ever since. And I mean, Reisner had his worst week, but we like what we've seen from Dalton, and we've. I wish anyone listening to this pod could talk to Dalton Reisner for forty-five seconds, and we would all be put at ease. And yeah. Also, feel like boy, I could I could use talking to this guy more often in my life because he's just that type of dude. It would be it'll be really great if Drew Locke becomes the quarterback of this team, uh, because that shifts the entire leadership of the team to the young players. I think I think it's like a huge passing of the torch moment. Mm-hmm. And at the at the moment that Drew Locke, I mean, starting this week, if Drew Locke is the quarterback, all of a sudden Dalton and Phil. And Cortland Sutton feel empowered to be leaders because the quarterback of the team is younger than all of them. Yeah, those three, like, love, 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 love. Yeah. And they're all from old Big 8 schools. What's better than that? (laughs) That's very true. Nothing better. Um, Shaggy McLoveny asks a question about small schools for Hank, so I'm going to save that when we get Hank back on. All right. I think it's also Shaggy McLovin the third. Oh, well, the three eyes threw me off. <laughs> I uh, This is a joke on the draft pod. I, I can't pronounce names, and I basically forget things all the time now. So. Let's see if I can find a name here on your draft board to make you uh, pronounce. Oh, a nice little impromptu game. Um, um, The game would have been better if I found one. All right, here we go. <laughs> Edge rusher out of LSU. Clavon Chiasson? <laughs> I feel like don't quote me on that. I feel like you're dis- disregarding the apostrophe. It has to be Clavon. It is Clavon. No, it has to it? be Clavon. Clavon. Oh, wow. why would no why would the apostrophe be there if it was just one? If it just all went together? I mean, I don't I guess know like how Devante. much phonetic thought is put into some of these names sometimes. Like Devante. Oh God! There's so many on the Broncos. <laughs> One of them. I can't think of a single Devonte Harris. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Uh, you can't think of a thing, single Devonte Devonte Harris, Devonte uh, Booker. Oh well, sure, right. Okay. Um, then you've got Deontay Spencer, which might as well be Devonte. Mm, okay. Um, I think there's one more. Anyways. The first one I said, Devontae Harris has an apostrophe, and the D names are wacky because then we have Demarcus and Draymond. Yes. So, anyways, I'm sorry I interrupted. Uh, but I was just saying that has an apostrophe, I guess, for no reason. See, that that happens sometimes. Clavin. What was the one you said? That you <laughs> I know? forget. I said three versions. All right. And the most unpronounceable is his last name. I don't know if it's Chasen, Chasen. I'm gonna go with Chasen. Chasen. So that's a great name for a pass Clavon rusher. Clavon Chasen. He's chasing everyone. <laughs> yes, he sure is. He, uh, among others, gave Alex Leatherwood uh, a run for his money. I mean, that's like an all-name all name matchup right there. Right. Forget the draft, just an all-name matchup. All right, how we close out this show is we pick some college football games, and I tell people what to look for. and uh, Against the spread? We pick against the spread. Cool. And then we forget to keep track, and we like what to act like What do you think like, you're well, at? <laughs> I'm guessing below 500. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also uh, – my, my default mode is a uh, pessimist. So, you know, 
Okay. That's a, who knows though? All I, right. I used to be good when I ran out of betting site. You never know. I uh, this is how unbiased I am. Uh huh. I I had a pick of the week this week. Uh huh. It was Nebraska over Maryland. Nebraska was minus six and a half. I think they won by fifty. So, oh wow. There you go. Maryland's really falling off. I need to double check that you got that right though. I am. You don't think that Nebraska beat Maryland? I'm pessimistic about that as well. Oh well, fifty-four to seven. No, okay. you nailed it. Yeah, okay, that's what I mean. <laughs> Good call. My God, wow, yikes. Um, how'd your picks for our three teams that we put out our unsolicited unsolicited picks do? Well, the Buffs covered. I pick Busk, them every yeah. week, no matter what. Broncos killed us. Uh, Broncos lost, and I had Rams covering. Uh, one and two. Oh yeah. Okay, same. I felt pretty good about the Rams. It was my first ever like all homer picks, and I regretted it quite a bit. We talked about this on the draft pod briefly, but like first time in my life, I felt bad for CSU fans. Watching that game, I was oh. like, "Oh, this is like torture to a fan base." So brutal. What is this coach doing? Yeah, you talked about it on uh, the Denver Sports. Pod. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Not yes. the draft pod. People would be confused listening <laughs> to this. Um, Wait, this isn't the Denver Sports <laughs> Podcast. I'm sorry, sir. This is a Wendy's drive. <laughs> <laughs> Our first uh, top 25 game is Cincinnati at Memphis, both 10 and 1. Big game for a group of six teams. Memphis at home, 11 and a half point favorite. Ooh. We have some nice Friday games as you're chilling after Thanksgiving, including Boise State at Colorado State. Hopefully, you guys show up in droves. Though I certainly understand if you don't. Maybe um, one drove <laughs> at best. We will take as many droves <laughs> as we can get. Um, Cincinnati at Memphis. Memphis was a really intriguing offense. Lots of pieces there. The Tigers are 11 and a half point favorites. I mean, that seems a little high. I was just going to say, what do these two teams have to play for? Like everything. Yeah, being the best group of six team, kind of competing with Boise, um, and they're in the same conference. Give me Cincy. Yeah, I'll take the underdog too because I love that eleven and a half. And I'm normally a favorites guy, but that just now I would suggest if you can find a book that'll give you twelve, take that. I'm so scared of half points, but you know, Uh, any book will sell you the half point. I'll tell you that. Um, That's that's also true. Uh. The, the the thing about a game like that is it's a pretty evenly matched game, right? You get you're getting eleven and a half points. Yeah. If they just go score first, you're up eighteen and a half. You know, right off the bat, like that's what, I always look at games like that. And I'm like, it's not like it's right. Ra- it'll be rare for them to score first. Yeah, like there's a, just as good of a chance. Now you got an eighteen and a half point lead. Yeah, like I, yeah. Don't get sucked in by the flashy numbers from that Memphis offense, since he seems like a good bet there. Even though it's not what we'd usually do, but Colorado at Utah, 28 and a half. Crazy. Not with the way this defense is playing. Not with how inspired Montez is is playing and Visca coming back. They've been so bad on the road. They're two different teams. That being said. That's a good point. And this is not an easy road game. That being said, I thought Utah like peaked last week. Like they they were awesome. They only won by 28. It's 35 to 7. Near 28. Yes. But that's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they just crut. They just stomped on Arizona. Arizona backdoor. If it, I don't know what the line was there. If it was twenty-eight, Arizona backdoor covered it because they scored a touchdown with a minute forty-two. Mm. But like, I, like I was saying, I just, I don't think, I don't think Utah is gonna do that. I, I wouldn't be shocked though. I guess I should say. 
Yeah, I just don't think they're 28 and a half points better than the Buffs, the way the Buffs have been playing. The Buffs haven't even given up 28 points in their last two games combined. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're a better, you're scared by that Oregon loss. That's why this line would be the way it is. Well, and UCLA, because they went on the road and well, got blown out by UCLA. UCLA. That's... That's the the shame the the low water mark of the season. It hasn't mile. meant much this year, but CU still is going to have the best player on the field. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah, it'll be. Aren't interesting they going to throw the kitchen sink? They should, and you've got you know Landman to to stuff gaps against Moss and Davion Taylor. Maybe have him spy their quarterback who's mobile. Like their team starts and ends with that backfield. You know. Right. I just. It's going to be hard to block that front four. That's the problem. Just give me Visca Wildcat on every short down situation. Like, oh, you know, man. just don't hold anything back now. You're like, we've saved you until now, but it's time to shock Sorry, the world, bud, baby. We need, <laughs> right. And Visca's like, oh, I wouldn't really mind starting my uh, NFL prep next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, <laughs> a conflict of interest, you're saying, huh? Man, I would love to have the conversation about whether or not Visca's going to sit out the bowl game. If he can dominate Jalen Johnson, who's a legit one of the top cornerback prospects in this draft and whose stock has fallen off a bit because Pittman stole his lunch money this year. If he can, if Visca can give him the Pittman treatment, that'll be a huge game for his stock and that'll be huge for CU at least covering in this game. Ohio State at Michigan. Michigan may be the hottest team in all of college football since they figured some things out. Let me guess the line. Oh, yeah, please. Uh, at the big house. Ten and a half. You might want to take Ohio State because they're only eight and a half. Oh, yeah. Give me it all. Buckeyes all day. Yep. On the road, huh? Mortgage. I kind of <laughs> – his word's not mine. That's a mortgage bet. Um, I just, similar to how the Drew Locke must hit because they can only not <laughs> so, Like, Michigan oh, has to, the to win eventually, right? You're going to the ATM. Oh, boy. Nope. They lose by uh, three scores or more. From from a pro. Okay. I, I mean, that has been what's happened in these matchups. And Ohio State's illegal. Uh, their defense might be the best in the country. Their offense might be the best in the country. Just take the guys on both sides of the ball that wear numbers one and two, and basically they would be a top four ranked team just with those four dudes <laughs> alone. Playing like a NFL street. <laughs> right. Right. Because Jeff Okuda, their star cornerback, will go against Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's one on defense. Okay, so take Peoples-Jones out of the game. He might right. as well not even show up. Um, Chase Young is going to give the O-line of Michigan, who's been – what's allowed them to turn their season around he's going to give that o-line a lot of trouble their left tackle definitely a pro prospect their center's definitely a pro prospect watch both their guards as well and then justin fields who i'm gonna love doing this next year and talking trevor lawrence justin fields all year round he also, wears number one we have dobbins their star running backs number two we uh we haven't brought this up mm -hmm. really at all isn't next year's quarterback class uh, a better. reason to Roll with Drew Locke? Yeah, right. Because Drew Locke's either good or you're drafting in the top three and you either get Fields or Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It The thing is, anytime we project guys out that far... Things have... Problems they, arise. They never seem... Not only... Pro, they just don't seem to work out. 
Yeah. Like they seem to legitimately be bad. Like Although we did that with Andrew Luck. Rosen and Hackenberg. I guess we did do it with Luck. Yeah, we did do it with Luck. That's true. We're doing it with Herbert now, and he's kind of not working out. No. And Drew Locke? Tua, like, boy. Drew, Drew Locke was, you know, he was a name that people were talking about when he was mm. a, oh, a big early time. junior. Big time. Yeah. I was saying, oh, I would, uh, if he declares, I'd take Drew Locke over Mason Rudolph. Type yeah. Thing. yeah. Still like that. That was a conversation I was having on the draft pod three years ago. We've been doing this for a while, huh? <laughs> Time flies. Um, Alabama at Auburn gets the line on this. Oh, well, Auburn uh, at home is ranked what? Fifteenth. Oh wow! Did they lose? They're eight and three. They're the highest ranked three loss team in the country. Okay, the line is the two a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough, man. Alabama is giving seven and a half. Only three. Oh wow. Yeah. I guess I I un, I underestimate. I didn't see any of this last week. I mean, they were playing Western Carolina, which who even knew they had a team? Um, right. Like people were saying, it was a good like. Oh, Alabama scored on all but three of their drives. Yeah, I want it to be Western like, Carolina. Wait, how did they not score on those three drives? Shouldn't they be able to hand the ball off every play? Yes. <laughs> like, um, those wide they their top four wide receivers are better than the Broncos, than the Bills. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I the Broncos have maybe played one team this year whose wide receiver core I would take over what Alabama's starting right now. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, wow, that's really low. I think that Alabama's going to cover that. Another great matchup in the trenches here. Derek Brown and all those guys on Auburn's D-line um, going against that offensive line for Alabama that has two legit prospects at tackle who Broncos fans should very much be paying attention to. <sighs> I think Auburn pulls it off, saves Gus Melzon's career, gets the win at home. I'm taking I'm taking the home dogs in this one. The boy I would love more than three points. There's just so much talent <laughs> on Alabama. I just don't oh, I, I don't know ridiculous. how it cannot work. It's ridiculous. Like I, yeah. I personally think that I could play quarterback for Alabama this week. Yeah, I, I would have liked you better last <laughs> week against the Western whatever. Um, I wish the Buffs got to play Western Carolina in the middle of the conference schedule. We'd be going to a bowl right now. It, boy, that would have been nice instead of the Air Force game, huh? Yeah. 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 Um, Sold lots of tickets, though. Does make you feel feel a little bad for the Rams that they have to play Air Force every year. Oh, totally. But okay. you're also like it's part of your packet. Like, you know, yeah, by by no, a guy's fourth year, he's practiced that four times. You know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah, the defense had him on the ropes. It's oof. Air Force just passed it better, and like the the offense couldn't keep pace after a while. It sucks. All right, what's our last one? Or was that our last one? Um, yeah, this will be no second to last. Yeah, it's our last one. Um, Wisconsin at Minnesota. Am I guessing the line again? Do it. Why not? <sighs> we don't I, change a winning format. Wisconsin, Minnesota's at home. Mm-hmm. What are the two rankings? Minnesota's ranked eighth. Wisconsin's ranked twelfth. Wisconsin with two losses. Minnesota just with one. Oh, uh, that's it's um, Gophers minus three and a half. Wisconsin minus three, yes. Why? Why? Yes. On, People don't on the believe. on the road. Uh huh. 
people don't believe. I mean, I yeah. to be honest, I don't know a ton about both teams, which is clearly why I was five sure, points sure, off sure. on the line. Right. Um, Great defenses on both I sides. I thought they were going to give the, the home team the three and then give them an, another boost for being higher in the rankings. Yeah. We'll see a few Minnesota guys at uh, the Senior Bowl this year. And Wisconsin's got that center everyone likes. Everyone on their lines intriguing. Their left tackle might be that underrated gem that you draft. You get a free agent. You develop him, and then he can start for you at right tackle in two years type deal. Um, the running back's obviously a stud. The best prospect of all might be redshirt sophomore Antoine Winfield, who's the safety. Antoine Winfield Jr., who's the safety for Minnesota. Just a redshirt sophomore. But if he declares, I think he'd go in the top 20. And Tyler Johnson, great wide receiver for for Minnesota. I love him. Um, yeah, he's good. Uh, row the boat. Dude, total. Yeah. yeah Give me the um, Gophers. P.J. Fleck, he's going to get some buzz in this next coaching cycle for sure. As he well should. As he, he should. I mean, everyone thought he was like a gimmick, you know. Uh, was he Central Michigan? Is that Western where he came from? Western Michigan. Yeah, I don't know why. And I mean, because it's like the row the boat thing. He's like doing right, weird right. stuff in the locker room, and everyone's like, "Okay, we get it. It's a yeah. shtick." Right now, he's proved it. At, at, you know, sometimes we just overthink it, where it's like, "No, you should have taken the guy who's had incredible seasons with Western Michigan All instead the of just love taking another Bama defensive coordinator and failing at Tennessee <laughs> for the umpteenth yeah. time." Yeah, for real. Um, yeah. So that's. That does it. We also have Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Not too many pro prospects, though. Jalen Hurts, time to pick it back up. And C.D. Lamb may be my low-key favorite non-obvious pick for the Broncos in the top ten. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Hurts is going to be a, a, a low-key. He's wherever, wherever he ends up, it's going to turn out well for them. I have a feeling about that. You think? Huh? Yep. Oh, well. I think uh, I think they'll have to adjust quite a bit to make that work. I mean, similar, but not the same as how the Ravens have had to adjust with Lamar Jackson. Right, but most of the league is figuring that out by now. It's just the Broncos who don't. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I guess that's true. That's true. Well, thank you, Ryan. This was I fun. Really appreciate it. How long this was, was this? a blast. Uh, an hour and a half. I'm okay. embarrassed. Yeah, <laughs> we we yeah. really uh, ran it out there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for all the great questions. We'll be back next week, maybe with AJ, maybe with Hank. We will see. Stay tuned. Later, guys.